Good morning, beloved. Can everybody hear me? Upstairs there? Wonderful, wonderful. I, um, for a few minutes, I was very, very disappointed, you know, this morning, when I heard that Reverend Rodney was going to preach. <laughs> I thought Andrew made a double booking. But anyhow, thank the Lord. Thank you, Andrew, for the opportunity you've given me to share God's word with us this morning. Now, um, the Lord placed this word on my heart for you about two months ago. And in the meantime, Andrew came up with a series, Enjoying God. And so this week I was wrestling, how am I going to fit in this theme or, seri- or this theme that, that Andrew started with what God has placed on my heart two or three months ago. And then I thought about my wife, that, that she makes a lovely fridge cake. Now, Sharon and Russell is here, and Ashley here, they can confirm it with me, that she makes a lovely cheesecake, and I enjoy it thoroughly. Now, the, 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 the back side of this is that, so when we're at a function and she makes it, she says, Rodney, I'm going to make you a cheesecake. And when everybody arrives, she puts it on the table. And although I enjoy this fridge cake, I have to share it with everybody else. <laughs> and of course, Sharon and, and Russell and Ashley will tell you that they also enjoy this wonderful fridge cake. So if you want to enjoy my wife's fridge cake, you have to invite her to your birthday. Uh, <laughs> and then this got me thinking, if I enjoyed this wonderful fridge cake, and I shared it with other people, and they enjoyed it. So, if I enjoy God, if you enjoy God, you must enjoy Him by sharing God's love and grace and forgiveness that can be found in His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, with our neighbors, our relatives, and friends. You see, beloved, when we share the gospel with others, We experience God's presence, and we enjoy that. We experience His his love, His joy, His power, and then we just enjoy Him. And oh, how we enjoy Him in those times. So as I go through this sermon or sharing God's word with this morning, just get that little bit, enjoying God by sharing Him with others. Now, um, if you've got your Bibles with you, and I hope you have, or your iPads or your phones, let's turn to the Word of God in the book of Romans, chapter 1, from verse 1 to 15. And I I just want to give you a a kind of a a context of what I'm going to speak about this morning. If you have it, Romans, chapter 1. Verse 1 says, Paul says, He is a servant of Jesus Christ. In other words, he's a slave. He was bought by Jesus Christ. He was separated unto. I, I, I find this word very interesting. It doesn't say that he was separated from. It says he was separated unto the gospel of God. Take note, it's the gospel of God. It's God's gospel, which he, God, promised. So God promised this gospel aforetime by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. God's promises always come to pass. 
And this promise concerns his son, Jesus Christ our Lord, declared to be the son of God with power. Verse 9, Paul says, For my God is my witness whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his son. So in verse 1, he says gospel of God. In verse 9, he says gospel of his son. And then verse 10, Paul goes on to say, So as much as is in me, I am ready, I am eager to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome. And then he says in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, which will be the text we would consider this morning, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation for everyone that believe, for the Jew first and also the Greek, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed. Listen to Paul. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Can you hear his and feel his deep conviction, his confidence, his joy, his belief, the honor and passion, excitement for him to be associated with the gospel of Christ? Beloved, the question I would like to ask you this morning, are you like Paul who had a deep conviction about the gospel of Jesus Christ? Are you confident about sharing the unbelievable riches that can be found in Jesus Christ? Are you doing it with joy, boldness, passion, and excitement? Or are you ashamed, reluctant, embarrassed, fearful, guilty? Let's look at the eye in the text before us this morning. In Romans 1, 16, Paul says, For I am not ashamed. This was a different Paul to the one who was very religious, the persecutor. He says in Philippians chapter 3, the religious Paul, I am indeed a Jew, circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, concerning the law, a Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, concerning righteousness, which is in the law, blameless. Paul the persecutor says, I went to Damascus to bring in chains even those who believed in the way. I, Paul, breathed threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord. I made havoc of the church, entering every house, dragging off men and women to prison. I, Saul, consented to Stephen's death. Paul was very religious, like some of us are, depending on our religious upbringing for salvation. Paul even went further, persecuting the Christians, thinking he was doing God a favor. And then he said in Philippians 3, verse 7, But what things were gained to me, I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord. For I suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness. What brought about this remarkable change in this man, this religious man and persecutor? Let's hear from the man himself. 
in Acts 22. He says, I was on my way to Damascus at about noon. Suddenly a great light from heaven shone around me and I fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to me, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? So I answered, who are you, Lord? And he said to me, I am Jesus of Nazareth who you are persecuting. He, Paul, had a personal encounter with our life-changing, forgiving Savior, Jesus Christ. The religious persecuting Paul was now redeemed, transformed, forgiven. He was now crucified uh, in Christ. It was no longer Paul living, but Christ was living in him and through him. Paul goes on to say, I am not ashamed. Let's look at the word ashamed in the text before us. Ashamed means embarrassed or guilty because of one's actions or associations. Reluctant to do something through fear of embarrassment. You see, Paul was not ashamed or embarrassed to be associated with the gospel of Christ and was not reluctant to proclaim the gospel of Christ because of fear, because he was transformed by its power. He was regenerated by its power. He was resurrected by its power. Is there any evidence of Paul not being ashamed, embarrassed, reluctant or fearful to proclaim the gospel of Christ? We need just to search the scriptures to find if there was any truth in his confession, I am not ashamed. The book of Acts chapter 16 to 23 is a good place to start. He was not ashamed. He spoke to the locals, religious leaders, governors, kings of the gospel of Christ. And on the Sabbath day, Paul says, we went out of the city. And by the riverside, we sat down and spoke to the woman we met there. Now a certain lady named Lydia, a businesswoman, she was a seller of purple, heard us. And the Lord opened up her heart to heed to the things spoken by Paul. But at midnight, Paul and Silas in prison were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening. When Paul was in Athens, his spirit was provoked within him when he saw that the city was given over to idols. He said to them, I perceive that in all things you are very religious. Therefore he reasoned in the synagogue with the Jews and with the Gentile worshippers and in the marketplace daily with those who happened to be there. On one occasion he went into the synagogue and spoke boldly for three months, reasoning and persuading concerning the things of the kingdom of God. Paul appeared before Felix, the governor of the day. He sent for Paul and heard him concerning the faith in Christ. Now as he reasoned about righteousness and self-control and a judgment to come, and the Bible says, Felix was afraid and answered, go away for now, when I have a more convenient time, I will call you. Festus succeeded Felix as governor. When Paul recounts his conversion and defense to Festus and King Agrippa, Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, you beside yourself. Much learning is driving you mad. But Paul said, I am not mad, most noble Festus, but speak the words of truth and reason. Then Paul challenges the king with the words, King Agrippa, 
Do you believe the prophets? Then King Agrippa said, Paul, you almost persuade me to become a Christian. Paul was persecuted for being a witness for Jesus. The book of Acts records Paul and Silas were seized and dragged into the marketplace to the authorities. And the magistrates commanded them to be beaten with rods. And when they had laid on many stripes on them, they threw them into prison. And on another occasion, some of the Jews banded together and bound themselves under oath, saying that they would neither eat or drink till they had killed Paul. In the book of Acts chapter 22, they said, because of his words, away with such a fellow from the earth, for he is not fit to live. The second book of Corinthians chapter 4 says, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crush, crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. Beloved, with all the evidence presented here this morning, the question we must ask was, Paul ashamed, reluctant, or fearful to proclaim the gospel of Christ? My observation with the evidence presented, I would say no, without a shadow of a doubt. Paul was not ashamed. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, Paul says. The question we must ask ourselves, are we, are we ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ? Listen to what our brothers and sisters are facing because they are not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. In Pakistan, Christians are considered second-class citizens and face discrimination in every aspect of life. In Nigeria, Christians continue to be attacked. Christians are dispossessed of their land and their means of livelihood. In Libya, Christians who publicly express their faith and try to share the gospel with others are likely to face arrest. Let me tell you a story of a boy ashamed of his mother. There was a boy whose mother only had one eye. She desperately needed to support the family and did anything to make sure she provided a son with all his needs. Unfortunately, a son was ungrateful and hated her because she had one eye. One day his mother joined him on a school trip. Her son was horrified and embarrassed and ran out of the class. The next day his classmates taunted him saying, your mom only has one eye. The son said, I wished that my mother would just disappear from this world. He said, this to his mother, why don't you just die? He knew he had hurt her badly, especially when he had heard her cry quietly that night. After some time, he began studying, left his mother, got married, had kids of his own. He was happy, successful. One day his mom asked if she could visit him. Still with one eye, when she arrived, her granddaughter ran away from her, scared of the grandma's one eye. The son, hailing, said to his mother, How dare you scare my daughter? Get out of my house. The son was ashamed, embarrassed of his mother who had one eye. For the boy, mom's one eye was bad.
Let's look at the gospel of Christ that Paul was prepared not to be ashamed of, prepared to suffer for, prepared to be jailed for, prepared to die for. Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Let's look at the words gospel of Christ. The gospel of Christ means good news of Christ. God's news of what his beloved son, Jesus Christ, came to do for us sinners. News that's transforming. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, all things are become new. News that tells me I am loved and can have everlasting life. For God so loved me that he gave me his only begotten son, that if I believe, I should not perish, but have everlasting life. Paul, writing to the church of Corinthians, chapter 15, says, Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the words I preached to you. For I delivered to you of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins, good news, in accordance with the scriptures. That he was buried, that he was raised, good news, on the third day, in accordance with the scriptures. Paul reminds the Ephesians, chapter 2, that you were at that time separated from Christ. Bad news. Strangers to the covenants of promise. Bad news. Having no hope. Bad news. And without God, bad news. But now, in Christ Jesus, good news. You who were once far off have been brought near. Good news. By the blood of Christ. Good news. For he himself is our peace. Good news. The book of Ephesians says that ye, Jesus, broke down the wall of hostility. Good news. Re reconciling us to a holy God. Good news. Through the cross. For through him we have access to the Father. Good news. So then you are no longer strangers. Good news. And aliens. Good news. But are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. This is the gospel we received, beloved. Why must we be ashamed of this gospel? Why are we ashamed to share this gospel? Beloved friend and neighbor present here this morning, I would ask you to listen and consider very carefully and prayerfully to the following. Are you separated from Christ? Are you? Are you a stranger to the covenants of promise? Are you? Are you without God this morning? Beloved, it's a very serious question. Are you? Have you got no hope this morning? If your answer is yes to any of the above, it is bad, bad news, beloved. But I have good news. 
I've got good news this morning for you, beloved, if you separated from Christ. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, and shalt believe in thy heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. You see, beloved, that now in Christ Jesus you who were far off from God have been brought near. You see, Jesus Christ is our peace between us and our holy God. He, Jesus, broke down the wall of hostility, reconciling us to God through the cross. Beloved, this is good news from God to you this morning. The question you have to answer is, what are you going to do with this good news? Are you going to accept this good news with all its benefits? Or are you going to reject it and live with its consequences? Beloved, Friend, neighbor, if you are not born again, if you're not saved, if you're not converted, if you don't know the joy of having your sins forgiven, it is bad news. And I would invite you after the service to make your way down here to the back room there, the prayer room, and come and speak to somebody about the seriousness of, knowing, of not knowing Jesus Christ as your Savior. I urge you, my beloved friend, neighbor, be saved. Know Christ as your Savior this morning. Make sure before you leave this place that Jesus Christ has forgiven you of your sins. Paul says in Ephesians 3, Of this gospel I was made a minister according to God's grace to preach the unsearchable riches of Christ. The gospel, good news, God's news, it's not news we see and hear on our TV channels and radio stations and newspapers. Most times those news are fake news, depressing news, old news, bad news. God's news, hallelujah. The gospel of Christ, which is very good news, is truth, uplifting, reliable, trustworthy, and it's news for me personally. But why? Why? Should you or I be ashamed or embarrassed or even reluctant to share the gospel, God's news, good news? Let's get back to our story of a boy ashamed of his mother. After a few years, the son attended his school reunion and decided to visit his old home. When he got there, he found his mother lying on the ground with a letter in her hand. Dear son, she said, I miss you so much and was so glad to hear you were coming to the reunion. But I decided not to go to the school for you. I'm sorry that I have one eye and I was an embarrassment for you. You see, when you were little, you got into an accident and lost your eye. As a mother, I could not see you growing up with only one eye. So I gave you mine. Good news. I was so proud of you, my son, that was seeing a whole new world for me in my place with that eye. I was never upset at, with, at you for anything you did. I miss you so much. I love you. You mean the world to me, your mother. Are you ashamed, embarrassed, reluctant to preach, share, testify about the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ unashamedly? 
Beloved, he, Jesus Christ, never gave his eye to you, but laid down his life for you. When you are ashamed of something, you try to hide it from others and sometimes ourselves. We can allow peer pressure or life circumstances to influence us to be ashamed of, of being a Christian. Romans chapter 10 tells us, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Saved from God's wrath. Saved from the hell and all the other bad things when we separate God. And then he goes on to say, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear if nobody tells them? You heard the gospel of Jesus Christ from someone who was not ashamed. And you were changed by the power of God. Paul reminds us that by the grace of God, that the gospel of Christ is not to be ashamed of, of, of regardless of where we find ourselves, on the sports field, in the office, in the shopping mall, or, 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 or how others respond, whether they are kings, governors, religious leaders, irrespective of who they are or what position they hold inside in society, because the gospel of God is the power of God unto salvation to everyone, to everyone that believe. It is a regenerating power, a transforming power, a resurrecting power. It's the power that changed Paul and changed every other believer and will change anyone who would believe. God's power is the means of salvation. The gospel of Christ is about the power of God. It's about the work of Jesus Christ on the cross and what was accomplished. It's God's message the message of his sovereign grace and power to save sinners. Now, this is a true story for our young people uh, present here this morning. A girl by the name of Rachel Scott, 17 years old at the time, whose story is told in the, in the film, I'm Not Ashamed. She says, I lost all my friends at school. Take note, young people. She lost all her friends at school now that I've begun to walk my talk. They make fun of me. I have no more personal friends at school. But you know what? I'm not going to apologize for speaking the name of Jesus. I'm not going to justify my faith to them. I'm not going to hide the light that God's put into me. If my friends have to become my enemies for me to be with my best friend Jesus, then that's fine with me. If I have to sacrifice everything, I will. She was not ashamed of Jesus. The first book of Peter, chapter 4, it says, Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify in that name. The gospel of Christ is the power of God unto salvation. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given amongst men, which we must be saved. The book of Titus says, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, for everyone that believes. The question to be answered by everyone present here this morning, are you ashamed or embarrassed of the gospel of Christ? Are you?
Are you? Are you? Are you? You are a follower of Jesus Christ this morning because someone was lovingly, brave, bold, and unashamedly shared Jesus Christ, the Redeemer, with you. You see, for that individual that you are ashamed to share the gospel of Christ with might be lost for eternity. It's very serious, my brother and sister. It is very serious. But you, beloved, that's a shame. Jesus warns you in the book of Mark chapter 8. For whoever's ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he appears in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Are you ashamed of Jesus and his words? In closing, let's look at the proclamation of the gospel of Christ. Jesus says in Mark, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. And Jesus goes on to say, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Jesus goes on to say in Luke 24, and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. Beloved, your world, whoever enters into your space, that's your world for the day. And the whoever, your neighbor, work colleague, family members, the postman, the message that repentance and forgiveness of sins be preached in Jesus' name. In the book of Acts chapter 4, it's recorded, they, the elders and the high priests and others, were amazed at the boldness and courage of Peter and John. For they could see that they were ordinary men, uneducated, common men, men with no special training in the scriptures. They were astonished, they marveled, and took note that these men had been with Jesus. Take note, they had been with Jesus. Of course you're going to meet opposition to your message rejection, results, etc. But if they don't believe, Jesus says they are damned, but we must not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because Jesus' promise is twofold. The first promise, and ye shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and ye shall be my witnesses. That's in the book of Acts chapter 1. In Acts chapter 2, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Paul, writing to the Corinthians, he says, I came to you in weakness, timid and trembling, and my message and my preaching was very plain. Rather than using clever and persuasive words, I relied, he says, I relied on the power of the Holy Spirit. I did this so you would trust not in human wisdom, but in the power of God. We must allow the Holy Spirit to come upon us so that we can receive power to be God's witnesses. We must be filled with the Holy Spirit so that we can speak God's word boldly. Paul relied on the power of the Holy Spirit and encourages us to trust in the power of God. And so we should. The second promise, Jesus said, I am with you, next to you, always, every day, 
when you're sharing the good news about Jesus Christ in those difficult moments, when you are mocked, ridiculed, and you seem to be alone, Jesus is with you. Paul writing to Timothy says, Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil, for he hath greatly withstood our words. No man stood with me, but all men forsook me. But listen, he says, notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me. Paul says, I am not ashamed. Let's confess this morning, we not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because it's the power of God unto salvation for everyone, for everyone that believes. And all God's people said, Amen and Amen.